I know it's not normal for a family to come across a serial killer, much less a family to come across two serial killers. Welcome to She Survives, a podcast about women living on the streets of America. I'm Christine Barber. In this broadcast, we will be referring to the sale of sex, which is called doing dates on the street. If we do use the word prostitute, it is only because that is the term most often used by the public to describe someone who sells sex. We here at She Survives have no issue with the sale of sex. For women on the street, it is a way to make money and a reality of the life. In 1992, when Cindy Jaramillo was 15, her mother died of a drug overdose. Cindy had run away from home by then and was living on the streets of Albuquerque, New Mexico. This was after trying and trying to convince her family that she was being sexually abused by an uncle. But no one had believed her, except her mother. But all her mom could do was believe her. She was too deep in her own life of partying and drugs to help more. So Cindy ran away. By age 12, she was living on the street and selling drugs. Three years later, her mother's death sent her even deeper into that world. One morning in March 1999, Cindy was out working when a man in an RV asked for a date. Once inside the RV, he hit her with a stun gun. He kidnapped her and tortured her for three days before she escaped by running through the desert barefoot and naked. Police would later call him the toy box serial killer because that was what he called his own personal torture chamber. For most people, that experience would have meant a lifetime of paralyzing nightmares. But to Cindy, it was something to fight against. He was something to fight against. He hadn't broke her during the torture, and he sure as hell wasn't going to break her in life. So she fought hard. She got off the street and got clean. She got married and had kids. But that wasn't enough. She wanted to help the women who lived on the streets of Albuquerque as she once did. So in 2009, she and I founded Street Safe New Mexico to do just that. The toy box serial killer might have died 20 years ago in prison, but Cindy still wins every day in her fight against him. But recently, it's a completely different serial killer that occupies most of Cindy's thoughts. It's a new development, one that happened only a few months ago because that's when that serial killer confessed to killing her mother. So, Cindy, let's start by talking about your mom. What was she like? What kind of music did she listen to? Rap. DJ Quick, Easy E. Like when rap first started coming out, she was like all into it. She had every tape, every... How old was she when she had you? Fifteen. So she was a really young mom. Yeah. What's your favorite memory of your mom? My favorite memory? I don't have that many good memories, like fun memories. They're kind of just so not great. Yeah. My mom didn't take us to do fun stuff. None of that. No trips to like roller coasters no. or state oh, fair? No, no, no. Okay. What's the worst memory you have? When my, my brother's dad broke into our house in the middle of the night. And he tied my mom up with a hanger and beat her boyfriend up the bat. I I still to this day think it was brains that were coming out of his head. I don't know. 
I know his head was busted open and he was bleeding everywhere. So you saw all this happen? Yeah. How old were you? I don't even remember. I I wasn't in school. So like four or five? Maybe, yeah. That is pretty And I remember my mom begging me to untie her after he left and I was so scared I left her tied up for a while before I finally got up and untied her. That's the worst thing I remember. Yeah, that's pretty bad. So how, when you, when you saw your mom, like, how did you guys spend time together? Like, when did you, like, during a regular day? I was, like, her friend. I wasn't her daughter. I was a friend. It wasn't, like, having a mom. It was, like, she would be, like, oh, well, I'm going to go party. Like, I knew everything she was going to do. Um, so she, she would go... tell you she's going to go do drugs and sleep with guys and... Um, not sleep with guys, but that she was going to go do drugs and, uh, or she had this date or that date. So, like, during a regular day, like, when did you see her? Every every day during the school day, I'd see my mom every day. It was at night where she would take off and go party. So your mom's gone all night long. Yeah. Um, you're you are you the one getting up to take care of your little brother and sister if they have a nightmare or? Uh, my my sister's dad was there. He was a good guy. He was a real good guy. But during the day when he had to go to work, it was on me to take care of my brother and sister because my mom was asleep all day. So at night with their nightmares it was probably my sister's dad at night i was never home because i had to go i had to be with my mom at night i wasn't allowed to stay home why why was she taking you with her and not leaving at home because um i guess my sister's dad uh was worried because my aunt's husband had been molesting me and i told my mom and my mom called the cops and we told the family and the family said I was lying and that I was doing it too for attention and so her my sister's dad was like well if she is lying I don't want to take that chance for her to accuse me of something so I had to go with my mom so just because it might uh, okay so how old were you when she started taking you along about how are you awake for school the next morning I don't go to school by the time you're 11, you're not going to school anymore? No. What are you doing with her at night? Uh, watching her get high. And what did she use? What kind of drugs? Crack. You're watching her and her friends kind of do all this, and she's doing dates at the same time, right? Because she has to kind of make support money. Her habit, yeah. Support her habit, yeah. Well, she's also telling uh, my sister's dad that she's working. So he thinks that she's out working all night long, doing what? Cleaning offices. She tells him he, she's cleaning offices when, in fact, she's partying all night yes you're out with your mom what do you think in the whole time you're out there with her just depends on the situation there was times I was disgusted there was times I was just I was hurt I was mad there was sometimes I thought it was fun you know I was at that age a typical night you would just kind of go all over the place and hang out at the bar yeah just different she stuff. brought you into a bar and no one else thought that was weird you no they let the, the owners got to know me pretty good so they let me in the bar you were around 12 when you were kind of on the street by yourself basically yes. so your mom wasn't really with you anymore you were kind of just uh, figuring out life on your own yeah well she was there but not there so uh, you'd see her every once in a while but not every day yeah it was kinda. 14 when I like literally got put on the streets who who do you say put you on the streets myself at that point I was like I was so angry with everybody like how could you not believe me mm-hmm. you know I'm not lying about being molested 
and it just bugged me that there was so many signs that now that I think about it at the time it just bugged me that they didn't believe me but now I'm like there was so many signs like how could they have not seen it like they had to have known something but I can't say I can't speak for everybody but how could you not believe a child telling you something bad's happening to them that was okay they don't they don't want to believe me they don't want nothing to do with me fine so I kind of went to the street I could have stayed at my grandma's but I didn't want to stay somewhere where they didn't trust me or believe me or right you know and so when you're on the street you're how are you supporting yourself first I started off dealing drugs and it got a little harder and harder and harder and so how why was it getting harder I was really young for one they're robbing and shooting a lot of people for drugs the cops just the whole situation got it just was getting harder and harder that's kind of what happened how I got into prostitution I had already seen it I had already known how to do it I you'd seen other women doing dates because you'd been in the room while they were doing dates yes so you kind of knew technically how it worked, when to ask for the money, how to make things go faster so yeah. you get out of there quicker, yeah. that kind of thing. Doing dates didn't seem like that big of a deal to you? No. At that time, no. I I think a lot of it was the drugs, um, being molested. Uh, everything I'd been through in life kind of numbed me. So when I had to do a date, it was just like, oh, I'm just supporting myself. It's a job. And I was like, I got to do what I got to do. How old were you when your mom disappeared? I was 15. I was staying at a friend's house. So you're at a friend's house and there's really nobody checking on you to see no. where you oh, are. No. no. And you don't even know that she's disappeared. How long was it until you knew that she was missing? When they found her dead. And how many days was that later? 11th or 12th day um, that she'd been missing. But nobody had ever reported her missing to the cops? No, I don't think so. No. Why do you think that was? I don't know. She always came home no matter what. She was always home in the mornings. Yeah, it was kind of weird for her to be gone so long. But the family knew how to get in contact with you when they eventually found her body. My grandmother did, yes. She calls you and she's the one that tells you? Yeah, she tells me that they, uh, that she needs to talk to me. Bona, she was like, they found your mother dead. And I'm like, uh, next thing I remember I was outside um they said I had ran into the middle of the road I was like a zombie what at the time what did everybody think she had died from a drug overdose and where did they find her body floating in the irrigation canal that's a rural area with farms and stuff it's just kind of she wouldn't have gone there to party she wouldn't she didn't know anybody there so what did you think when you heard that someone killed her. So you knew that right away? Oh, yeah. And so in November of this past year, in 2018, you get a phone call. Tell me about that. It was a cold case detective, and they are telling me that they are looking into cases of people that were found in ditches. It was just weird. They just told me they were looking into my mom's case. And so I knew at that point something was up. You don't just randomly pick a case. That's when I started digging. And then I called them. They finally told me that a man named Samuel Little had confessed to a murder in Albuquerque. But the only one that fits was my mom's. So what was the moment? The moment you realized that your mom had been killed by a serial killer. What 
what was that moment? Was that you in front of a computer figuring it out yourself? Was that on the phone with the police? It kind of both. It was like 50-50. So it wasn't just the sudden realization. It was kind of like, oh, okay, like kind of dawning on you gradually. Yeah. In 1999, you were taken by a serial killer, David Parker Ray, uh, while you were doing dates. Yes. And you were held for three days, and he was going to kill you soon. Your mom is killed by a serial killer. You would have been killed by a serial killer. What do you think of all that? I don't know. I'm still... I know it's not normal for a family to come across a serial killer, much less a family to come across two serial killers. I don't know. I'm still like, I've been through so much in life that it, at this point, it doesn't shock me. A lot of people are like, wow. That's all I can say is like, wow, wow. Because like I said, for just an average family to come across a serial killer is not very common. People are going to want to see reason why that happened like why did your family get targeted by two different serial killers i think it's the lifestyle do you think it because you were both kind of having to do dates it kind of made you more visible and kind of an easier target yeah it made me a way easier target you kind of have this generational thing happening in your family you were you know two two generations are attacked by serial killers what do you do to make sure that the next generation doesn't go through that same thing uh don't show them the drug life which i've i've stayed away from drugs since i've had my children um but not having the money to live in better neighborhoods and stuff like that is part of the generational situation going on you know going outside to school, to play, to do anything, you know, to go to the grocery store, they're going to see it. Yeah, exactly. Because they're around it because that's just the kind of where you got to live. The environment. You know, the environment you have to live in. Because because the truth is, you haven't been in school since you were 11. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's hard to be able to give my kids more. I'm I'm trying. What do you try to, what do you try to model for your kids? Like, how do you try to be for them? I try to show them that you do for your community and help others. I try to be a strong, uh, independent woman. I don't look at myself as as a victim of anything. I look at it as everything I've been through in life has prepared me for something. If your mom was alive today, what would you tell her? I don't know what I would tell her. I never even thought about that. Uh... Life ain't all about drugs. It's not all about party. It's about family. It's probably what I would say to her. I love you and it's not all about drugs and partying. There's much more to life than that. Do you think she would have realized that if she'd lived longer? I have no clue. To be honest with you, I don't know. Join us next time when we talk to Cindy again about serial killers and how medical investigators use the lifestyle of her mother to ignore the facts and classify a murder as a drug overdose. 
them throwing it off, you know, as a drug user or a prostitute and not caring about it made my family just suffer 20-some years later. If you would like to find out more about Street Safe New Mexico and She Survives, please go to streetsafenewmexico.org. There you'll find information about our organization and information about how you could donate. All donations are greatly appreciated and will go directly to help women living on the streets of Albuquerque, New Mexico.